Our scripture reading today is Mark 10, 13 through 16. People were bringing little children to Jesus. They wanted him to touch them, but the disciples told him to stop. When Jesus saw this, he was angry. He said to the disciples, let the little children come to me. Don't keep them away. God's kingdom belongs to people like them. What I'm about to tell you is true. Anyone who will not receive God's kingdom like a little child will never enter it. Then he took the little children in his arms, he put his hands on them, and blessed them. This is the word of the Lord to us. Welcome and good morning. You know, when you see or hear the word welcome, you know that that's a place where you're allowed to go. When you see welcome, you know this is a place that I'm allowed to be. Like maybe on your, uh, your front door you have a doormat that says welcome. Right? And that's to let family and friends and, and maybe neighbors, depending on how good they are, <laughs> let them know that, that that is a place that they are welcome. Or when you take a road trip, a vacation like my family did recently, and you see all of those signs that say, welcome to various states. And of course, the greatest of all, welcome to Ohio. <sighs> or, or when your church has a sign that says, welcome back. Remember these? <laughs> Welcome back. Why? Because they love it when you're there with them. Welcome back. So, welcome back. We, we have a few people that are with us today that have not been here in a long time, and it's just so good to be together this morning. So, when you see the word welcome, and we're going to see it in the scriptures this morning, you know it's a place where you are allowed to go. Now, there are some places you're probably not allowed to go. You, you're not welcome in maybe like a certain scientific laboratory. You can't just go in there. You, you might not be welcome in a very fancy hotel unless you're a guest there. You might not be welcome in a top-secret government office. But this morning, you are all in a place where you're welcome, where, where we've gathered as brothers and sisters in Christ. Some are older, some are younger, but you are in a place where you are welcome. We do have a lot of kids with us today. Isn't it wonderful? Let, let's thank the children for ministering to us today. And as Keith pointed out, uh, that was just a fraction, really, of the young people that we had here this week uh, in the evenings for VBS. Um, I, I want the, the kids especially to know, and, and we heard it in our, our scripture reading, that children, you are welcome. You are always welcome in the arms of Jesus. You are always welcome in the kingdom of God. You know, once upon a time, there was uh, another sort of children's time where, where people were bringing their kids to Jesus, and little boys and girls were welcome to come and learn about God. And what a beautiful thing that, that that's exactly what we can do today. Jesus is never too busy for you. He, he will make time for you. He's waiting to hear your prayers and to welcome you into his kingdom. Jesus welcomed and blessed the little children, because children have a special place in God's heart. We're not going to gloss over that. That's just what we're going to talk about today. So let me introduce myself. My name is John. I'm just privileged and honored to serve as lead pastor here at MCA, uh, and I'm thrilled that you're with us today. And as always, I pray that through our time together, your heart grows stronger, your faith grows deeper. So we're continuing with our remarkable sermon series where we're journeying through the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark. 
And so we come to this passage in Mark chapter 10. If you have your Bible, this is where we're going to be, where Brian read for us. This very small little episode with children coming to Jesus. But again, we're not going to gloss over this fact, and I'd like to begin with this premise, that children are precious to God, that, that children are important and they're valuable. And so we are excited about reaching even more children and even more families with the gospel. Like that, that's why, I mean, just to, just to bring absolute clarity, that's why we do something like a week-long VBS that, that's very taxing, that, that, that there, are, there are costs associated with it. There's a great volunteer base. That's why. It's because we're excited about reaching even more children, even more families with the gospel. That's why that during the school year, we run JAM, our children's program. Because we want to see children coming to Jesus. Because children are important in God's kingdom. And so, children are important to us. So here's what's happening in today's scripture reading. The people are bringing their children to Jesus. The reason they're bringing their children to Jesus is because they wanted Jesus to bless their children. So in Luke's account of this story, it's in Luke chapter 18 and verse 15, he says this, people were also bringing babies to Jesus. And so just picture this. It's an unending parade of of caretakers, parents, grandparents, etc. And they are bringing little children and little babies and little toddlers to Jesus that he might lay his hands on them and bless them. Now, this might seem strange to us, but this practice has its roots all the way back in Genesis during the patriarchal period. So Noah, Isaac, Jacob, these men blessed their sons. They placed their hands on their heads and they they had this sort of fatherly benediction that they pronounced over their children. The Jewish elders at that time would teach you that when you pray a blessing on your child, here here was the the traditional uh, blessing, that the father should lay their hand on the child's head and they should pray that this child would be famous in the law, faithful in marriage, and abundant in good works. That was sort of their standard prayer, pray this over these children, right? And so here's what's happening. These families are bringing their little ones to Jesus because they they want him to do that. They they would have been very accustomed to uh, bringing babies to like the the priests in the synagogue to do this. Uh, It was kind of their form of child dedication, uh, and you heard, by the way, Les mentioned, next Sunday, we have seven children that we are going to be dedicating right here in our service. Um, in fact, if you have a little one that you would like to include in that, uh, it's not too late to join. Just let, let me know. We'd be glad to, uh, to have even more. But we're going to be doing child dedications just here next Sunday. So this was kind of their form of that. In fact, in Judaism, there was a special day set aside for it. It was the day before the Day of Atonement. That was, kind of their, that was kind of their annual child dedication day. They, they, would, they would bless their children on that day, the day before the Day of Atonement. And of course, their, the reason for that, their prayer there, was that that atonement would be applied to their children. <laughs> they, they, they were praying for the salvation of their children. And you think, well, what, what does every good Christian parent pray for? The salvation of their children. That they pray that their children would be right with God, their sins atoned for, that their place in God's kingdom would be secure. And so I have three action steps for us this morning as we look at this very simple story from Mark chapter 10. And the first is that we should do just what these people were doing and bring children to Jesus. 
bring children to Jesus. Each of the action steps starts with the letter B, by the way. Now, it doesn't specifically state, I should point this out, it doesn't specifically state that these were all parents. You kind of get the, maybe the, the image of you know, moms and dads, but it could have been grandparents. It could have been relatives. It could have been friends. It could have been neighbors. It could have been babysitters. It could have been other young people saying, hey, come and check this guy out. He's different. He's famous, and he's an expert, and he, he has flocks of people that gather to him, but he makes time even for us. So it doesn't specifically mean just parents. Anyone can bring kids to Jesus. Let me say this. Kids can bring kids to Jesus. Did you know that it was a seven-year-old who shared the gospel with me when I gave my life to Jesus? A seven-year-old who shared the gospel. And I responded in sincere faith, and I've walked with Jesus ever since. We can all have a part in bringing kids to Jesus. Kids, you can invite your friends next year when you come to VBS. You can invite your friends when you come this fall on Wednesday nights to jam. We can all take part in bringing kids to Jesus. Now, I don't, uh, I don't want to go through Father's Day without issuing a, a happy Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to the dads out there. And, and certainly, we as dads have a great privilege and honor and responsibility to make an impact on our kids. But, but dads, bring your kids to Jesus by teaching them the truths of Scripture. Dads, bring your kids to Jesus by praying for them persistently. Bring your kids to Jesus by plugging into a great local church and allowing them to to grow within the community of Christ. Bring them to Jesus by introducing them to their Savior, by by inviting them into that relationship with the all-powerful God of the universe that it begins now and it lasts forever. So that's just what people are doing in Mark chapter 10, the passage that we're studying. It's verses 13 through 16. People are bringing kids to Jesus. You can just imagine, just imagine the scene here. This cheerful, joyful, right? Any, I mean, anytime there's a group of children and young people, there's sort of giggling and laughter and fun and this sense of awe and wonder. And they, they don't just walk wherever they go. They jog and, and, and they skip and they do cartwheels, right? So this is kind of the scene, this, this joyful celebration, cheerful, happy. You can see all the, all the smiling toddlers and, and the parents and caregivers bringing them to Jesus until the big bad bullies put a stop to it. <laughs> the disciples say, no, we don't want you here. So look at the end of verse 13. It says, but the disciples told them to stop. The translation we're using today, kind of in the spirit of children, is is the NIRV, the New International Reader's Version. It's about a second or third grade reading level, and it's based on the NIV. But depending on the translation that you prefer and that you have, it it might say there that they rebuked the children, or they scolded them, that they were warning the people that were bringing the children. And this is a very stern, harsh rebuke they're using. Like, like this would be the same word that Jesus used when he was confronting demons. This is the same word, the rebuke that they used toward these parents. It's a very sort of stern correction that the disciples were issuing. And you think, what in the world? This happy parade of, of young people and children coming to Jesus and they want to put a stop to it? Like, like what, what were they thinking? Were, were they thinking they're, they're like the secret service and they're protecting the president? 
You know, there they are gathered around him. Hey, we got one on the left, 12 o'clock, watch out. Three-year-old coming in hot. You know, like, well, what are they thinking here? Why are they wanting to keep these children from Jesus? I think they just simply didn't see the value in Jesus spending his time with young people. He's got more important things to do. He's got demons to cast out. He, he's got these, these great messages to deliver. He's got to go into the synagogues and teach the, the learned and educated people. Why, why would he have time for a baby, for a young person, for a toddler? You wonder if maybe some of their thinking wasn't influenced by Roman culture that was influencing them, of course, that devalued children. Roman culture, uh, children were looked down upon. I mean, I'm not going to be graphic this morning, but let, let it suffice to say that children were looked down upon sometimes to the point where children were not even wanted. Children were not even wanted in their family of origin. That was the culture of their time. I wonder if the disciples weren't being influenced by that. Children are weak. Children are vulnerable. Children don't contribute anything. They, they, they don't help others or, or serve others. Or what, what benefit or blessing are they to me? How are they going to help Jesus in his mission, in, in his ministry? And so, the disciples are the bullies, and they say, get out of here. Make like a tree and leave. They're like, get out of here. Take your strollers with you. They don't want the little ones coming to Jesus. They think it's a waste of time. But that's not what Jesus thinks. Jesus has a teaching in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 42 where he says this. If anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who's my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. Just last Sunday, I talked about how sometimes the most meaning in life is found when we serve other people. I've certainly found that to be true as a dad. (laughs) Rachel and I are in a season of life right now where we are raising children, where we make sacrifices. And you know that parenting is is not for the faint of heart. It's challenging and it's difficult and it's stressful and it's hard. But you know what? The ones who are truly blessed by it are us. She and I are the ones that are benefiting from it because God is using them to teach us. Especially as we see their innocent faith. And Jesus says that in order to enter his kingdom, we must become like a little child. That's our second action step. We're to bring children to Jesus, that's number one. And secondly, become like a child. So Jesus, he's watching this, this ongoing parade of, of families and, and babysitters, and, and, and they're coming with their kids. The disciples send them away, and it says he was angry. For you see, as commendable as it is to bring children to Jesus, it is a terrible thing, a terrible thing to keep children from him. Do not hinder them. Do not stop them. Do not restrain them or forbid them. Jesus says, do not keep them from me. You see, only a few days previous to this, his disciples had actually seen an episode where, where Jesus scoops up a little child. This is in Matthew 18. He scoops up a little child in his arms, and he says, whoever humbles himself like a little child will be the greatest in the kingdom. I mean, they they had watched as Jesus, through his life and ministry, had treated the the weakest and the sickest with compassion, and yet they sort of missed 
the compassion that Jesus has for children. And so Jesus makes it crystal clear. So Mark chapter 10, verse 14, when Jesus saw this, he was angry. And here's what he says to his disciples. Let the little children come to me. Don't keep them away. God's kingdom belongs to people like them. What I'm about to tell you is true. Anyone who will not receive God's kingdom like a little child will never enter it. So again, we're not glossing over this story this morning, but we're embracing the fact that Jesus says, you and I should become like a little child. Listen, that doesn't mean childish. It means childlike. Simple. Open. Weak, trusting, unpretentious, dependent, lacking achievements, lacking resources. Like, like you come to Christ with nothing. You have nothing to offer him. You make no contribution. And here's the point. Unless you come to him like that, you're never going to enter God's kingdom. Unless you come to him in your weakness and in your total dependence, you're never going to be a part of God's kingdom. Kids, they don't deserve God's love. They haven't, they haven't done anything to earn God's favor. And yet God loves them. And yet they're, they're special and they're important. And Jesus says, if anyone's like this little one, they'll be the greatest in my kingdom. And you think, boy, kids have no influence. They have no status. They have no wealth. They're just totally dependent on other people. Ah, That's the point. We don't earn our entrance into God's kingdom. And too often we start to think that. That that if I just serve enough, and if I just give enough, and if I just act the right ways, then I can be loved by God. Then I can be God's son or daughter. That's not how it works. You don't earn your place in God's kingdom. Children have done nothing to earn God's love, and yet they're called the greatest in his kingdom. And so there we all are, even though we've all done wrong. We've all made mistakes. God has made a way for us to be forgiven. He has made a way for us to be in relationship with him. And it happens very simply when you put your trust in Jesus. That's when we enter into God's kingdom. When we have that faith of a child. You know, a child will believe anything. (laughs) Rachel went to the grocery store. Our daughter, Muriel, asked, where's mama? And I did what any good dad would do. And I said, she got on a rocket and headed to the moon. And she said, I loved her response. She didn't miss a beat. She said, I want to go to the moon too. It was innocent faith. It was was absolute trust. Until you realize your dad's a jokester, I guess. (laughs) Listen, uh, getting someone pregnant makes you a father. But it's when you kink the hose and pretend that there's something blocking it up and have your child look into it and then release it and gush it in their face. That's what makes you a dad. Listen, Jesus wants our trust. So will we trust him when, when there aren't answers? Will we trust him when we're faced with sickness, when we're faced with death? He, he calls us, each and every one of us today, my friends, to turn from our own pride from our selfish nature, from our rebellious choices of sin, and to simply believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the remarkable Son of God, in a childlike way. To believe Jesus was indeed your substitute on the cross, 
That that's why he died. This is one of the things that the children learned this week at VBS, and you heard it from them, that he chose to die. You, you, you very simply believe that he took your place on the cross because of your wrong, that he then rose to life and offers us new life. You see, the only way these children would be welcomed into the kingdom of God is by God's sheer grace. And grace is the only way that you will enter God's kingdom as well. So Paul teaches us this in Ephesians 2.8. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. You have come with nothing. You've earned nothing. Salvation, my friends, is a gift from God. And so then in gratitude, we devote ourselves to Christ. And, and then he does that transforming work where he makes us even more like him. And then what we do is we bless children as a special part of God's kingdom. That's our third action step, to bless children as a special part of God's kingdom. So Jesus, he calls for those parents and grandparents and babysitters and others. He says, come back. Don't go away. Bring those kids back here. I want to bless them. And then in verse 16, that's just what he does. He takes the children in his arms. He placed his hands on them to bless them. Children are a special part of God's kingdom. We read it real plainly in verse 14, right? If we back up to there and see where Jesus says, God's kingdom belongs to people like them. There are no qualifiers. There are no caveats. There are no conditions. God's kingdom belongs to people like them. Now, I want to point something out. I learned in my studies this week, I noticed Uh, I went to the original Greek text, and I noticed there's no word for belongs in this statement that Jesus makes. So the, 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 the literal rendering would be, the kingdom of God is such ones. And I think that's significant because it's, it's not like children own God's kingdom. When we say they, it belo- the kingdom belongs to such as these, eh. It's not that they own God's kingdom. It doesn't belong to them in that sense. It's that children comprise God's kingdom. That, that, that the kingdom of God is people like them, babies and infants and children, that they have a special place in God's kingdom. Now, now we believe that, that if a baby or if a small child dies, that they are ushered into the forever presence of God, that, that they will spend eternity in heaven. We believe that they are welcomed into God's forever presence. Why? Because they are saved by the grace of God. Humans are made in the image of God. And yet, at some point, we all fall prey to sin. We, we all make mistakes and, and do wrong, right? But by the time he's a toddler, you can start to see it. Uh, in fact, let me share with you this morning the 10 property laws of a toddler. Number one, if, it's my, if I like it, it's mine. Number two, if it's in my hand, it's mine. Number three, if I can take it from you, it's mine. Number four, if I had it a little while ago, it's mine. Number five, if it's mine, it must never appear to be yours in any way. Number six, if I'm building something, all the pieces are mine. Number seven, if it looks just like mine, then it's mine. Number eight, if I saw it first, it's mine. Number nine, if you're playing with something and you put it down, it automatically becomes mine. And number 10, if it's broken, that's yours. It's easy to see the, the selfish nature, even uh, in, in children. And Romans 3.10 tells us there is no one righteous. 
No one righteous, not even one. We're all bent towards sin, including babies and children. But that's what makes children such a powerful example of God's grace. Though they've done nothing to earn God's favor, Jesus says, you've got to become like them to enter into his kingdom, humble and open-minded and simple and just completely trusting not because they're they're perfect little angels who haven't sinned that while we were still sinners Christ died for us Jesus loves children and I think sometimes we make that statement and we just gloss over it Jesus loves children Jesus calls us to be like children. He wants each and every one of us to trust him and to commune with him. Jesus himself identifies with children. Mark 9, 37, Jesus says, anyone who welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. When you welcome a child, when you give a cup of cold water to a child, when you spend a week serving at VBS to to share the life-giving power of Jesus with children, you are serving Christ himself. Children have a special place in God's kingdom. When we care for them, we're caring for Christ. So may we have a heart for bringing children to Jesus. And may we become like children ourselves, simple and trusting and and just dependent on our good Heavenly Father, that He would develop in each and every one of us a remarkable faith. Let's pray. Oh Lord, you are so good. And this morning, we reflect on the littlest ones who are so weak and and innocent, and yet, Lord, you just held up a big welcome sign. That you love their energy and their enthusiasm. And one day they're into trains, and the next day they're into pterodactyls. And they trust and believe with an innocent, pure faith. And so, Lord, we thank you for young people. We thank you for children. We recognize that each and every one of us, we walk through those stages of life as well. Those most formative years. We know the statistics, God, that such a high percentage of people who follow Jesus and who are a part of God's kingdom, they made that decision. They heard the gospel truth at a very early age. So Lord, help us to do that and help us to have a childlike faith no matter what our biological age. And thank you, God, for your grace. We celebrate what you've done today that you would continue to transform us to become even more like Jesus. And it's in his precious name we pray all these things. Amen.